Where do you even start with the Toronto Blue Jays? They get swept by the Baltimore Orioles. Hello and welcome to another episode of Section 138. As always, I'm your host, Mark Colley, and thankfully, we have all three of us back, but obviously it's not under good circumstances. Uh, yeah, what a disaster. An unmitigated disaster for the Toronto Blue Jays. Just totally falling apart against the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, and yeah, the, the, the Orioles are a good team. Sure, like tip your cap where you need to, but that's some of the ugliest baseball we've seen in quite a long time. Uh, guys, how are you? Well, it's great to be back under better circumstances. Or I should say, it is good to be back, but not under the best circumstances with us three. But uh, yeah, it just, you know, uh, I guess the start of a homestand that felt like it was off to a great start that also felt like it was years ago uh, when they swept the Atlanta Braves. And then, of course, we know what happened this week against the Yankees, and we know what happened this weekend, which was probably the worst way to close things out because the homestand just got worse um, each series as it went on. So... The frustrating part is where we are uh, at this with the schedule right now that we've talked about in terms of the amount of tough challenges this team has, and I think the part that also stings the most is that they've won one game all month uh, against AL East opponents, and the fact that all this did happen against AL East teams. That is the probably the worst part for me about this one, but it's just just the way they lost, um, I guess, all weekend, which we're going to talk about plenty. It's just a sour taste um to end the homestand I get it it's still very early but just you look at where things are in the AL East and the AL wildcard and it's uh it's not a good it, they're not in a good place right now but of course lots to talk about uh today and I'm happy of course for our sake Jacob's back welcome back buddy <laughs> I was here two episodes ago anyways um Anybody that watches hockey has definitely heard the analogy oh, no. uh, oh, just no. hear me out hear me out Anybody who watches hockey knows the analogy firing on all cylinders. Anytime a team's doing well in the That's intermission. That's just a phrase in life. Why, why is don't that hear a hockey it saying? That's all the place I hear it. Anyways, people hear it. Uh, I oh hear it. God. The Blue Jays are are the antithesis of that right now. They are not firing on any cylinder enough to win. Like You get good pitching. You get good offense or, or good enough offense to keep you competitive. Defense and, and bullpen uh, collapses towards the end of the game. You get bad pitching. Offense is there the pitching's not there. Like it's, it, it, it's frustrating. And I mean, homestand, I know we were all in, in attendance for various games throughout the homestand and it was brutal. I don't think any of us saw any wins. Actually, no, Mark, you saw one win, I think. Yeah. I saw the Atlanta uh, win. And then I also saw uh, the Denny Jansen walk off. So I guess I was lucky. I went to the two games I went to this homestand or two out of three games, the Jays won. Well, I got a paddle. I didn't have his, <laughs> I almost got a ball and almost fell over the outfield wall. But anyways, uh, reaching for the ball. But uh, <laughs> oh, you got one too. Nice. But um, yeah, it it's just it was a brutal homestand, brutal series. You lose three straight, and you you tie it. You can't take advantage of it in this last game, and then you just collapse. I mean, I mean, we were j- joking. We we're like, we got to record right after the game, and I was like, well, give me a minute. I got to get ready after uh, I get home. Uh, and wait for the game to be over. And you're like, just get ready now. And I'm like, no, the game's on. Then the Orioles just started pounding the Blue Jays. I was like, yeah, whatever. This is like, it's over. And the best part is schedule gets a lot uh, harder. It it does not get a lot easier from here. And I'm all we can hope is that getting away from the Rogers Center helps them turn things around. And still a long season to go. Let's just pray it gets better. Well, well, well thanks. Thanks for the play-by-play of your... Uh... <laughs> 
pre-podcast prep. I, I yeah, I, had to, I don't know. Um, <laughs> what else is there to talk about? A good performance? Not really. No, no. Well, I. <laughs> yeah, where do you want to start on this one? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Jacob, this is a Jacob question. Sliding over second base, Kevin Kiermeyer dropping the ball. If we want to talk, John Schneider forgetting a mound visit and having to pull Alec Manoa, questionable bullpen decisions, and then there's the entire hulking issue of the lineup that is just totally gone missing right now. Runners left in scoring position, guys left on base at an insane clip. I, What do you want to start with? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm at my wit's end right now. I mean, here's the problem. I'm going through the game log, and I'm like, all right, well, this is bad this game. This is bad the other game. Like, it's it's just brutal. And I mean, Guerrero missed a couple games uh, throughout the homestand. But, I mean, you look at it, just in specifically today's game, the top four, well, yeah, Bish- or sorry, the top three, Springer, Bichette, Guerrero, not good. I mean, Guerrero had an 0 for 5 day today. Bichette, 3 for 5. Springer, 2 for 5. But... A lot of strikeouts between between that. In 15 at-bats, they uh, combined for five strikeouts. Uh, Guerrero had three of those. Like, that's not good. You look at it again. Jimmy Garcia, or, or Jimmy Garcia, as I uh, as I should call him. Bad, you know, couple of... I mean, a good couple of appearances, but then you look at today, and yes, I know he's been used a lot four of the last five games. Fair enough. I'll give him a little bit of, of the benefit of the doubt. He plays better when he has rest. Four earned runs charged to him in two, uh, two-thirds of an inning. His ERA is continuing to climb. The the issue with this team is not the bullpen. I just want to, like, we can get that out of the way now. Like, the problem is the offense right now. That's why the Blue Jays are losing games, and that's why it's so terrible to watch right now. It's the embarrassing offense, the embarrassing defense as well, and the embarrassing base running. Like, as far as I'm concerned, the pitching is performing as well as it should have right now, and there's just total... I don't know what the word would be like total ineptitude. Like there's, there's nothing from the lineup. There's nothing from the lineup right now. It's, it's a mess. I don't, sorry. No, no, no. Fair (laughs) enough. Like, I think the problem is, is you lose games and you start nitpicking and cherry picking. Well, the Jimmy Garcia, bad game, blah, blah, blah. But you look at, uh, I mean, you just look at the, the previous game, the, the six to five loss, you scored five runs and you left nine on base like that. You can't have that happen. Bases loaded multiple times uh, in today's game. Nothing to show for it. Like you, you cannot, you can't win like that. Like, yes, it's nice to score five runs. You expect, I guess, to win, but you can't have that happen. And, and I mean, even in the first game, I mean, Kikuchi, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I know I said that already once, but I will give him a bit of leeway here. He was he almost had a pinch running appearance, but, uh, He's pitched well enough, I think, to at least earn a bit of leeway uh, this season. But then you look at that that first game, seven left on base. Uh, you you can't. I mean, you're going to leave guys on base. Uh, that's the nature of baseball. You're going to fail more than you're going to succeed. Unfortunately, with batting averages, they're just going to you know you expect them to be below 500 or four or even 300. But again, the uh, Springer bit of a I mean better appearance in game one. He had those two hits. But you look at Bichette, Guerrero. I know Guerrero's kind of battling some injuries after that uh, Yankee series, but a combined one for eight in that first game. You look at Varsho, 0 for 4. Chapman, 0 for 4, although he did homer in the last game, so I'll give him that. But Belt, I mean, he only had two, uh, two official at-bats in that game. But then you see Merrifield, uh, Jansen, Kiermaier, like consistently only one hit or two hits or even three hits combined the three of them through 
12, 15 at-bats. Like, that cannot happen. And even, I mean, I guess they're walking. I mean, just looking at that first game, there were, I mean, three walks combined. So nothing crazy. But, like, they're not getting on base. They're not hitting. When they are getting on base, they're not getting that big hit. And, I mean, you look at today. I know the final score is ugly, 8-3. to three, But it was very competitive. You had a lead at one point. Then you, I mean, 2-1. to one, I'm not really going to count that as a big deficit. It's not. But... You had every opportunity to win this game. The real only reason why the score looks as ugly as it does is because you did not take advantage of opportunities and then eventually you did collapse. And like you mentioned, the Orioles are a good team. Schedule doesn't get any easier. I know the Yankees cheated, but they're still a good team. You look forward, you got the Rays in Tampa Bay, not good. Twins, Brewers, then you go to the Mets. I mean, they're a bit of a dumpster fire right now, but then it's the Astros. Like... then the Orioles again after the the Twins. Like, it's not an easy schedule that they're about to be facing. And the last thing I want to see is is Ross Atkins try to make some desperation move at the All-Star break. And I, I know that's obviously a little ways away, but the last thing you want to do is stumble into the All-Star break and make moves that you didn't expect to and you don't need to. But at this rate, like, this team, it's not winning. Like, this is a team that should be contending. I mean, it would, I mean, except for this last little stretch, but... In almost every other division, it'd be leading it, and now they're they're playing like a, a bottom feeder, and it's it to me, it's just baffling. I can hope that things get better, but it's really up to them at this point. Schedule's not in their favor. The locations aren't in their favor. They've got a lot going uh, against them. I mean, I guess Chris Bassett can hopefully open the series in uh, Tampa Bay on a better note, but things are going to need to be a lot better if this team wants to have any chance of turning the season around. Yeah, it's. I mean, for all the reasons that you were pretty much talking about, it just it goes back to the idea that it's just it's frustrating because of the teams that this is happening or like teams this is happening against. And I mean, I understand that the Atlanta series was, of course, they swept and everything like that. But for me, like it felt it really has felt like ever like the last time they were playing at their best was in Pittsburgh. And that was now a couple weeks ago. Uh, I understand, again, they swept Atlanta, which was a very good team, but. We just we didn't see it carry over uh, into the Yankee series. We didn't see it, of course, this week this weekend against the Orioles. And the fact is, like you were talking about, Mark, for me, it's not the starting pitching or anything like that. The bullpen, it just it, it comes with the idea that the offense struggling has pretty much highlighted the bullpen in certain situations where you can criticize some decisions from John Schneider. Of course, some I don't agree with. I I'll say it and I'll admit it. But it all definitely all goes back to what you were saying in terms of how the offense uh, is pretty much been just playing the way they are. And ever since that Pittsburgh series, they've been in the bottom 20s uh, in all pretty much categories offensively. And that's a massive drop-off. I don't know how to explain it. Um, but the fact is is that it's not the base hits that's, that are the issue. It's the fact of bringing people in. I mean, you look at Friday, 1-for-7 with runners in scoring position. You look at Saturday, I think it was 2-for-15 uh, with runners in scoring position. Then you look at today again, it was pretty much 3-for whatever it was. And they just, they're not executing. They're not bringing anybody home. And it comes at a time where there are some people in the lineup who are heating up. And then there's also some people in the lineup who have cooled off tremendously over the homestand. I mean, you mentioned George Springer, Jacob. I thought he had a really good homestand, and I think his numbers are showing that. I mean, Bo Bichette's been playing well. Uh, Alejandro Kirk's been putting up good at-bats. But, of course, I'm more highlighting, I think, more people like Brandon Belt, 
who have been playing a lot better. Kevin Kiermaier has been swinging the bat really well. He kind of cooled off for a little bit, but not too much. And from there, Danny Jansen was the walk-off hero uh, throughout the homestand. So you have that happening, but then you have the, your other guys like Matt Chapman, who have who went off to a tremendous start in April, who had an OPS over 1,000. He's cooled off besides today when he hit the home run. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. kind of looks lost right now in terms of I just we're, we're seeing a lot of flashes from last year where there was just excessive chasing. And of course, that goes down to the fact that you're trying to do too much and stuff, is, I guess, is getting to his head. And I think also a guy who had a really tough homestand was Dalton Varsho. I mean, the amount of strikeouts that were happening, they dropped him to the seventh spot. And then throughout the weekend, of course, he didn't play today on the Sunday game. So you're kind of at a weird point in the lineup where some guys are heating up that had a bad start. And then the guys that have been I guess, carrying you for the last month have also cooled down. So it's not in a good spot, whatever, or throughout the offense whatsoever. But, I mean, it still doesn't take away the fact that they are still overall as a team getting people on base. It's just not for some reason. I mean, it's just historic at this point where they can't bring anybody home. I mean, it felt like every single inning, especially today in the Sunday game, except for one inning, they had people on on base. They had runners in scoring position. They had the bases loaded a couple of times. They had runners on second and third with nobody out. And they couldn't bring anybody home. It was um, it was a home run by Matt Chapman. It was a sack fly. And then it was Whit Merrifield hitting a single uh, in the 10th inning. That was really, I guess, their be- of course, the runner starts at second base. But those are really the only ways that those runs came in. And then, of course, it kind of translates throughout the entire weekend where they just were struggling to bring anybody home. And it's just, it's a team issue now where it's spread through all nine uh, batters and it's just there's no clutch gene right now and it's they're in a really rough spot uh, offensively I'm sure it's going to get better I think we all understand that it can't get much worse than what it is right now as well but there is just a lot of I guess backlash which is definitely deservingly so but there's a lot of people freaking out right now and I just it just it goes back to the it, this is against AL East teams teams that are chasing and I think as much as the balanced schedule is an advantage to most, I guess, for to the extent. There's also a disadvantage now because you're not seeing these AL East teams as much as you once were. And I think that also kind of takes away the amount of opportunity that you have to make up ground. And at the same time, it also makes the opportunity even more crucial to take advantage of these games. And you look at what happened pretty much going back to Boston, that series in Boston when they got swept. You lost four games there. You lose three out of four to the Yankees. You're now down 3-0 to the Orioles so far in the season series. The only time they've really played well against these AL East, AL, East, AL East teams were against Tampa and New York in April, and they've had nothing to show for ever since. So it doesn't get any easier like you were talking about, Jacob. they got to go right to Tropicana Field. We know how we feel about Tropicana Field. We know how we feel about the Rays. It doesn't get any easier from here, and they really got to dig themselves out of this hole that they're in right now. It's going to be very tough. Uh, the only good part about this is that the starting pitching is still, I guess, for the most part, looked good. I think Alec Manoa, despite uh, the no decision on the weekend, I thought he had a, a decent start from what we've seen so far throughout the year. And, of course, Kevin Gosman goes eight innings as well today on the Sunday game. So there's a couple things that are still clicking. There's 100% the bullpen that we're going to get into, I'm sure, needs to be better. But it all comes back down to the offense and all these opportunities that they're missing throughout the game. And this is going back to pretty much right away at the start of the game. And this just translates through the rest of the game. And it's just it's frustrating, and it's really tough to watch when they can't execute. Terrible to watch. I wouldn't want to call it tough. I like it's like physically painful to watch the Blue Jays right now. It's absolutely brutal. And yeah, like the end game of all this, like why all this matters so much is because you're playing games against division rivals. You're playing the New York Yankees and the Baltimore Orioles and 
you know, a couple weeks ago, as you mentioned, Bryce and the Boston Red Sox. And if you end this season in a dogfight with any of those teams, we're going to be looking back at these games and going, yeah, the Blue Jays missed out on winning the AL East or missed out on one of the top wildcard spots or home field advantage in the playoffs or whatever it might be. They missed out because of these series when they didn't perform. And to be honest, like, I don't know, the runners in scoring position, the left on base, like, it's going to happen. It happens every year with the Blue Jays. Those stretches happen to every single team. What really, really gets under my skin with this series is just the dumb, idiotic, stupid mistakes that this team is making. I mean, I mentioned them off the top. Like, really? Kevin Biggio coming in and like stealing second base successfully and then popping off the bag and getting tagged out. Like really Kevin Kiermeyer in center field. We can praise him all we want. He had web gem today, but really like that bobbled ball miscommunication with, with Merrifield on the left. Like really this is happening on a major league baseball field. And then, I mean, we could have a whole podcast, a whole book could be written about John Schneider's mess up. In game two on Saturday, pulling Alec Manoa, forgetting that Pete Walker had gone out earlier in the inning. Like, that's Little League stuff. Like, what are we doing here? Why are we making these mistakes? Why are the Blue Jays making these mistakes in a Major League Baseball game? It's laughable. Can I just say, um, John Schneider is, uh, he might be taking our biggest loon award for that. Like, I don't care who gets the most predictions wrong. That is bad. That being said, I blame everybody on that bench. Everybody on that coaching staff for that. John Schneider, yes, you should know how many uh, mound visits you've had in the inning. How does nobody else notice it? How does Pete Walker say, no, 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 come back, come back. Like, I've already gone out there. How does Don Mattingly say, or not say, hang on, they've already gone out there. And I'm not trying to crap on the entire coaching staff, but not a single soul recognized that. That's, I don't want to curse here, but that is BS, in my opinion. Bryson, what do you make of all this? I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, you're, you guys are all right about it. And it's just, yeah, a team that's supposed to do the damage that they're doing, just the little stuff that they're doing. And, of course, it just it was very well documented, like going back to spring training about how crucial this was. And it was it's this weekend it was basically all talk and they couldn't execute with that. So I get it. They're going to clean things up. I get it. They can't be perfect. But, yeah, like the, these were some pretty – critical mistakes at pretty critical times. I mean, I understand John Schneider back. He, I mean, he had no choice but to back his decision saying, no matter how much I effed up, I thought it was the right time to take Alec Manoa out. Of course, he's going to say that regardless if he actually believes that or not. He's got no choice but to back that decision up. But I mean, yeah, like the fact is Alec Manoa maybe could have finished that inning. I mean, I, he probably obviously would have wanted to, but it's just, yeah, it just comes down to the fact how that was able to just yeah like uh, what you're it's a good point Jacob how this was all able to just kind of happen without anybody kind of doing I guess just kind of thinking about wait a sec and that that didn't happen I mean I, I don't get it in terms of that I understand and then if you want to talk about the mistake today with Kiermaier I understand at least they got out of that inning and of course he had his really really nice catch earlier in the game but yeah like the little stuff like that of course can happen what Merrifield as well and extra innings picked off I understand that the game blew open anyway, but just little stuff like that. Uh, you know, Kevin Biggio overrunning the bases. We saw that a lot this series, and I don't, I don't understand how. I mean, it was more than once that it did happen, and I mean, that I feel like those are basic stuff that you that are, are worked on in drills and in the spring. And I mean, overrunning the base, like that's just 
yeah, it's unacceptable um, when you're thinking about it like that, especially for a team who pretty much are aggressive as the Jays have been throughout the entire year and at a time where they can't bring anybody in for if their life depended on it. It's just the little stuff like that that kind of just spread throughout the rest of the game and it comes back to uh comes back to bite you when it matters most so there's just stuff like that and of course you were talking about some questionable bullpen decisions I thought as well throughout this series but I mean it was just it comes down to the lack of execution of course once again but yeah like these little things it's just it's all happening at the worst possible time and I think that's just the part that it stresses me the most I think I said that the last episode with you Mark and it, the fact is that they haven't exactly cleaned that up yet. So that's the part where it gets a little concerning. And hopefully, from what you touched on at the beginning, Jacob, hopefully them just hitting the road uh, for the next week is the best thing for them. But, of course, it's just these are tough teams that you're playing pretty much throughout the rest of the month and pretty much through, honestly, through most of June as well when you look at it. It is, it is insane, uh, the schedule they have and the teams they have to play. Of course, they got to play the Orioles again as well in a couple weeks. So little things they got to clean up. And just as much as stuff from John Schneider through the bench and all that, it's also from the players, I think, that also um, are just as concerning. And that's what we saw this weekend. And can I just say, not to add uh, salt to the wound, but Red Sox are currently, I mean, it'll probably be over by the time this is out, but they're losing 6 to nothing to the Padres. Doesn't matter. Blue Jays are going to be last in the AL East as of Sunday night, which, I mean, whatever, it's May... 21st it's not the end of the season now but <laughs> I know that they're still better they'd still be winning the central I don't really care um <laughs> it's 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 brutal this is not good and like you mentioned Mark earlier you're gonna come down to a situation probably where because of how good this division is you need to take advantage of every game you possibly can and even look many years ago Blue Jays when they hosted the wild card game against these Orioles that was straight up because they had the the season series advantage they don't have that right now. It's they're not playing well, and it. I, I hate to foreshadow, but it could come back to bite them uh, at the end of the season, unless they turn things around. I should say. Well, I think it's going to come back to bite them no matter what. Like you can, and I have full faith in the world that they will go on a what I don't know eight game winning streak, or they'll win sixteen of nineteen games, or like they will go on these stretches and they will turn things around and they will be there at the end of the year, but. When we're talking about home field advantage or we're talking about first spot versus second wildcard spot or AL East versus first spot, like these things will matter. I have no doubt in my mind that it is going to come down to those final games. And right now, it it's a clown show right now. Like <laughs> the Blue Jays shipped out Teoscar Hernandez. They shipped out Lourdes Gurriel Jr. They shipped out Charlie Montoyo. They shipped out the home run jacket. They changed the team entirely and they pinned their entire existence this season on the fact that they're going to be a new team that pays attention to the details, that gets the little things right. And here we are where Whit Merrifield is getting picked off in extra innings and Kevin Biggio is oversliding at second base and Kevin Kiermaier is dropping a ball in the outfield. And John Schneider, the manager, the guy who's running this whole ship, is making, I don't know, one of the dumbest mental mistakes we've seen in recent years. Like, it, it's a clown show from the Blue Jays right now. And something's got to change. So I guess that's... The next question, like, what, what do you change? <laughs> like, like, how do you fix this? I think, uh, I don't know, maybe just like getting out of Toronto, getting on the road, having some sort of face-to-face moment of reckoning on the plane to Tampa. Like, maybe that does it for the Blue Jays. Maybe it's, 
I don't know. Like I, it'll turn eventually. Like these things tend to have a way of just kind of changing with the luck. But I, I don't know. It's brutal. It's absolutely brutal, and it's really embarrassing to watch. As a Blue Jays fan, I have faith it'll turn around. But man, like these are some of the more painful games that we've watched in recent years. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear that they had a players only meeting soon. Like Well they when was yeah, the... they had a, a hitters only meeting. Was it yesterday or the day before around the cage before the game? So we're we're kind of already in that territory. Yeah. Well, I mean they're gonna need that entire team. And like at least the one good thing, and I'm not trying to sound all like sappy, but at least this team is close together. Like they truly do want to win for each other. And I think that does help in this situation. They can look and say, Look, we need to hold each other accountable. We played like like crap over this homestand. Played terrible. We need to turn things around because, yeah, you might want, not want to say that the season's on the line right now and technically no, it's not. But as we just mentioned, every single game matters. You want to win the division. You want to win you know, home field advantage, all these types of things. You need to win all throughout the season. You want to win 90-plus games. That doesn't come from a good two months or a good three months. That comes from a good entire season. And... I think we're going to need to see that. And maybe it's uh, not even just a players-only meeting. Maybe it's a team-only meeting. I know that you know only kind of loses its meaning there. But some type of meeting, meeting where every single person, management, everybody says, look, this needs to change because what we just put on uh, for our fans at home is garbage. And it needs to be better. <laughs> so let's just hope that things get better. But it's... Uh, I don't know. It's not like I can say pitch better because then the offense wasn't good. It's not like I can say the offense wasn't good. It needs to be better because then the pitching or the defense, like this whole team needs to be better. And I think that's, it's the boring answer, but uh, I think it is true. (laughs) Yeah. um, Like when you guys talk about change and all that, like for me, like what's going to change? Like, like, are we expecting, I know, like, what are we expecting here in terms of something has to change? I get it. The execution and all that. I mean, that's obviously, that sh- that should change, and I'm I'm sure it will. I mean, we've been we've been talking about it a little bit in terms of some highlights, like people like Brandon Belt are playing better. Like, so there's some people who are playing better, and then there's the people who have been carrying you, who haven't, who have cooled off like significantly. And I'm like, just the at bats from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. this weekend have been uncharacteristic to what we saw at the beginning of the year. So like we've touched on that. Of course, stuff like that, I'm sure, will eventually change. I mean, like again, they're they're at a real like they're at an all time low. I don't know how much worse it gets. Like, like you can only go up from here in terms of just not cashing anybody in and everything like that. Like, it's the it goes back to the starting. It, of course, it goes back to the lineup. The rotation is still kind of doing their thing in a good way, and then there's still, I guess, the same issues and same strengths with the bullpen. I mean, as much as. I mean, we again, we haven't really talked about it a lot yet, but there's it's just you're kind of at the same like stage where you are with the bullpen, where you trust certain guys and then you don't trust other guys. Guys are pitching four out of five days. Of course, we're talking about Jimmy Garcia today on the Sunday game. He doesn't have his best stuff, so like it's all kind of the same in terms of it feels like the pitching is kind of all at the same that we've been be- we've we've been dealing with throughout the year. It's just it really shows you though the drop off. Uh, from the lineup uh, that it's really caused and just the amount of again the damage that they've caused themselves throughout this past week kind of just shows that like that's the only thing what I'm of course that we can expect to change is better at bats and all that but I mean this is your team this is what right for now that what you see is what you're going to get in terms of the people on your roster so 
like I don't think anything else significant is going to change. I know the I know I, I'm not saying you guys, but I know the fire John Schneider pitchforks are starting to emerge. I mean, I, we're not I don't think we're anywhere close to that point uh, in any of our opinions on that. It just it just shows you when this team goes at an all time low, how I guess everyone is just freaking out to the extent. And I mean, I understand the frustration. I mean, this team again is supposed to be a lot better than what they've been playing with. And where you look at it now, they're fifth in the AL East. And when you look at it as well, I, I get it. It's still early, but when you look at even the wild card, like the, the wild card could easily be, and it has a very good chance to be all AL East teams, which means somebody's missing out. And just this, just the thought of you being that team to miss out is really, it's really scary. It really is. And I get it. They're going to figure it out. They're going to turn around. They're going to go on that stretch mark. Like you were talking about, they're going to go on that winning streak for me though. It's just, it's the fact that these minimal opportunities you get now with the AL East is just, it's, it's a little, it's a little scary. Like they don't see the Yankees again until September and you drop, you drop three out of four to them this past week. I mean, that's not ideal whatsoever. And the only team that you really have, or have had a good handle with this year in the AL East to start have been the Rays, which is kind of ironic because of how good of a start they've been off to. And of course they're still in first place. So, I mean, baseball's a funny sport. I mean, if they went down to the trop this week and won three to four, I would not be surprised because of how funny that would be and how funny this game can be. But the fact is they're, they're, they're going right back to in terms of a high test in a place that they historically have not played well in or well at, at all. So, that's why it gets you a little bit nervous and it gets people freaking out. I get it. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just a wild, a wild week in terms of how good the homestand started and then how poorly it really did end. And it's just, you know, lots of finger pointing is happening as well right now with everything. It's just, it's not a good state right now um, with this fan base. And of course, it's just all the attention is on them. And I think that's just what, it just makes it all frustrating. It really does. And it just shows you though how the poor at-bats that they have produced this past week, how important it is to cash in on all these opportunities. So that's just the one thing I think has also become very transparent. So we'll see what happens. Um, three or four games now at Tampa, and they really, they're really they back at it in terms of being tested. And at some point, they will turn it around, but this is something that they're going to have to work at now throughout the next couple of days uh, before they can really figure things out and kind of be back to what we, we've been seeing throughout the month of April. All right, let's talk about something a bit more exciting for the time being, and that's Jay Birdie Baseball Co. Um, I got the shirt on right now, the Jay Birdie Baseball Co. shirt. Great quality, awesome gear. They're a new Canada baseball-focused clothing company, streetwear company that's really putting out some awesome stuff right now. You can check it all out at jbirdie.ca. Uh, the attention to detail is great. The quality is great. Um, they just put out new hats with new era. Um, and I, I, the thing I love about them, I think is that every single piece of clothing or hat that they put out has a story behind it and meaning behind it. So for example, like one of their hats is called the 1977 and it really tells a story of Canadian baseball and how it started with the Blue Jays in 1977, at least on a professional level in Toronto. And of course, you know, it tells the story of all those sorts of stuff. So I really love what they're able to do with the history of baseball in Canada and uh, the legacy of the game here. And all this stuff is great quality and great shirts, great hats, everything. So I encourage you to check them out. It's jbirdie.ca. You can check out that link below this episode as well in the show notes. That's jbirdie.ca. 
So I just want to put, I guess, take a step back from everything that's been happening and try to contextualize it a little bit. Because I think like when these stretches do happen, we have a way of like getting all tied up in how the Blue Jays are playing right now and what it means for the team. But then like when it comes to the end of the season, like what does this actually mean? And I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but like, I don't know. I think you can go through these stretches and still be a good team at the end of the year. Like the Jays last year went one in 10 in July with Charlie Montoyo at the helm. Obviously that led to Charlie Montoyo being gone, but they still ended up as a wildcard team as the first wildcard team. But I think what these spells, these stretches do to a team is separate them from the elite to the very good. I think that's what we're seeing with the Jays. The elite teams don't go on these stretches. And what this stretch demonstrates is that the Jays are not an elite team. They are a very good team. Maybe right now a lot of people would be tempted to call them good or mediocre or you know, bad or whatever term you want to use. I'll use very good. They're not elite though. And so I think like ultimately what this stretch does is it means that they're not winning the AL East. And I don't know if that's a little early prognostication to make, but they're not winning the AL East. Um, if you go on stretches like this, like these stretches are what's going to cost you to the division. Last year, if they didn't go on that one in 10 stretch, maybe they win the AL East, right? Maybe they end up at the top of the division. I think what these stretches mean long-term big picture, despite all the frustrations in the moment, is that they aren't winning the AL East. They aren't the elite teams in baseball. They are the very good group. Maybe the 5 to 12 group, if you're looking like the power rankings. They're not the 1 to 4. They're not the 1 to 5. They're not in the top teams in baseball. I think that's what this stretch indicates to us and the way that the Blue Jays are playing right now indicates to us. Um, okay, we did touch on a couple of the positives. Um Alec Manoa had a good start, a bounce back. That was encouraging. George Springer seems to be turning things around. That's encouraging. Um, I mean, there's also plenty more negatives that we haven't talked about. Santiago Espinal potentially hitting the injured list, although it looks like the Jays are going to try to squeak him by on the roster day-to-day right now. Um, I don't know. Any other notes or things you noticed from this series before we get to series predictions? I think, and and I was I was tempted to disagree with you when you said the Blue Jays are not an elite team, but I I'm not going to do it anymore. I think I'm looking at it, and I think that yeah, they probably are that five or six spot right now. Part of to me be wants clear, to... I I didn't mean five to six spot. I meant like in the five to twelve range. I, no, no, fair. Like I think I, they might be towards the bottom of that range right now. I think that when it's all said and done, they are a five to six team uh, ranked team. They're just not playing like it right now. And yes, obviously this will impact uh, the rest of their season. But I was just looking at it while you're going through this. And other than the so the the three division leaders in the American League, obviously the Rays, uh, the the Rangers, and the Twins. Although let's be real, the Twins like that's a that's a minor league division at this point. But regardless, other than the Rays losing, uh, being on a current losing streak. The Rangers and the Twins have a winning streak. And then you look at the American League wildcard. Orioles, three-game win streak. Yankees, four-game win streak. Uh, Astros, seven-game win streak. Uh, and the Red Sox, it's going to snap today, but four-game win streak. So they're about to be 4-1 and one in their last five. Blue Jays have lost four in a row. And then you even look at it. I mean, I know this isn't really helping my case saying that I think that they're an elite team not playing like it. But 
36 run differential for the Orioles, 28 for the Yankees, 36 the Astros, 23 Red Sox. Blue Jays have a 12 run differential. Like, that is bad, relatively speaking. And I mean, funny enough, the Rays have 126 run differential. Like, I think that this team is just, it's it's not performing the way it needs to be. And that's why I'm still optimistic. But I think that's that's what makes me even more frustrated is I know that this team has it in them to be really good. And we saw it. I know they kind of struggled a little bit in that opening road trip back in uh, March and April, but we've seen this team have flashes flashes of brilliance, and they are just not showing that right now. And I can only hope that it gets better because, like you said, like at the end of the day, this could come down. If you're way down the line, September into I think their season ends October third or something like that. Whatever it is, I, I can't see the schedule is too small that I'm trying to look at the like at that magnetic one that I keep pulling up every episode but schedule is going to end towards the end of uh, September October this could be the difference like you look at it I mean two two years ago they had a couple six game losing streaks missed out by one game you keep having bad stretches like this and you could be talking about well what are we going to do next season like how are we going to how are we going to move on from this and, and get better but let's just hope that things don't get to that point and let's just pray that this team does turn things around in uh, Tampa Bay yeah, I don't, I, pro- I don't think I'm at the same point where you guys are in terms of like not calling them a lead anymore. I need to see more of, I guess, their woes or if, just to see how this all plays out before I get to that point. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I see the flashes that they had in April and, of course, just the the some of the, the series that they had this year in May, especially that weekend in Pittsburgh. And then, again, going back to stuff that happened in April and just to see the drop-off that they've had since you kind of have seen both ends of it right now. So I'm not, I don't think I'm at the point yet to do that. I think the fact is that they're also, of course, the AL East factor. They're in a really tough division. Everyone knows that. Uh, it's definitely a disadvantage. Um, and that's just, that's stating the obvious in terms of that. So it, it's very similar though. It just, it feels very similar to last year. I think there was a, there was a stat a couple of days ago where it, it showed their record and it's basically said that they were at the exact same point as they were last year with their record. And then, of course, last year it was the Yankees who were running away with it. Um, and, I mean, they were on a way better run than they the Rays were this year. But it just feels very similar with that because, of course, currently I think it's over eight, eight games back now of the Rays. But they're still not exactly out of reach. Of course, they're out of reach from the Jays right now. But in terms of who's in second with the Orioles and all that, it's still kind of up for grabs in terms of that. So, But, again, it feels very similar to where they were last year. I mean, I just, you look at this roster, this team is built, and on paper, it should be elite. I mean, we've talked about it the last couple of years, and we've been, you know, there's been a lot of hype uh, around this team from not just us and pretty much around baseball. Um, and you just see how one through nine, how they're stacked. Their starting rotation is really good. Their payroll is pretty much um, o- almost over that first luxury tax penalty. This team is supposed to be elite, so that's why, I still need to see more before I make any sort of call like you guys did. I'm still kind of I'm not there yet. Um, I just I want to see how they respond from this 100%, and then just to see how they react again, and just later throughout the year of these matchups against the AL East. I mean, they have no choice now but to make up ground um, if they want to be in these discussions and everything like that. So how they respond, I guess, will be until I kind of make that call if to see if I'm where you guys are right now, but still I'm not there quite yet. I'm still kind of on the fence. I guess we can end all our series talk with just like reiterating that it is May 21st. Um, 
the sky isn't falling. The season isn't over for the Blue Jays. There's just a lot of frustration right now. This series was absolutely terrible. It was a gut punch to every single Blue Jay fan. And so that's where all this emotion and where all this, all these opinions come from. Um, We'll see if they're overreacting. I don't think they are. I think we're all on the same page that this is still a good team that is going to end the season in a postseason spot. But I think the caveat to that comes to their potential could be a lot higher and a series and a stretch like this could cost them finishing higher in the final standings and gaining a better advantage in the postseason and making it deeper in the postseason. One last thing to mention uh, before we do the series prediction. Despite how bad this last little stretch has been, the Blue Jays are only 4-6 and six in their last 10. So yeah, it's not been good, but it's also not the end of the world. They will get better than this. It's true. Um, so will they in Tampa Bay four games, we get everyone except for Gosman on the mound. I can go for, uh, going first last time apparently worked out for me luck wise. Cause I was closer than either of you. So I've gained a little bit of ground in the, st- the series prediction standings. Uh, cause I got one point from this series. Both of you got negative one point. Um, so Bryson, you're at 23. I'm at 19. Jacob, you're at 16 points. Um, I think the Jays, go one and three they win the first game of the series with Chris Bassett on the mound and they lose Tuesday Wednesday Thursday what do you guys think so I mean yeah they're gonna get everybody except Gosman in this series I'm gonna be I mean I don't know what Bryson's gonna say but I'm I'm assuming I'm gonna be the most optimistic here uh, which isn't a good thing considering what I'm gonna say but I think that they're gonna split this series Pray to God that they split this series at the absolute worst. You can't go any uh, deeper into this hole that you're digging yourself in the AL East. I think they win tomorrow. Chris Bassett definitely has turned his season around. Part of me wants to say Barrios as well. They'll win that game, but I'm not fully confident. I think I'm looking here. It's uh, the score doesn't necessarily have starting pitchers uh, fully predicted yet, but I think that they would lose, uh, or they'd win the Bassett start. I think that they win a, a Kikuchi start. I think he continues that. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest start in his in his last uh, outing, but I think he continues that uh, to some extent, does a little bit better, and they win that game. So they win the first two games? No, no, they win. Um, well, so, One and three? Yeah, the last two games don't have starting pitchers announced. I think it, that they win two. Kikuchi, Kikuchi Manoa. Manoa. Okay, so in that order, yeah. So I think they win, lose, win, lose, basically take two. But by most optimistic, I thought you were gonna like go and say three to four. Oh God! Because no, that's what. That. No, I'm not gonna. No, no, no you're not doing. It. It. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I, I mean, I'd love to, but Mark predicted one out of or uh, yeah, one out of four. So I got a two. I now I have to. I can play it more safe if I want to make that ground up. Jacob, I'll I'll do what you did. I'll say a split. Um, look, I mean, at some point they're gonna turn it around, and I mean they had a really good start against the Rays, or they played well against the Rays last month, but. From all the reasons we mentioned of how they've been playing lately, it's the trop. I think coming out of the trop with the split is ideal, just based on how everything's going. So that's why I'm going to go with that. I say they win Monday and Tuesday, and then I say they lose Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday with McClanahan pitching, that's going to be a tough one with Kikuchi on the mound for the Jays. And then Thursday, who knows what happens uh, with Alec Manoa going. Of course, coming off a good start that we saw on the weekend. Can he build off of that? Who knows? But for the sake of it, I think I'm more confident with them winning uh, Monday and Tuesday and then losing the last two, coming out with the split. 
at the trot would probably calm a lot of people down and could be the start of hopefully their turnaround and hopefully it doesn't last too much longer. So I'll go with the split. Optimist, both of you. Uh, Optimist Prime. I mean, Braver than is it I though? Am. Yeah. Compared to one and three. I mean, I mean, they've been playing roughly five. Three out of four for, for me would be. I mean, I think a split <laughs> is manageable. It's also the Rays, the best team in baseball by record right now. Yes, who they took two out of three from in April. That is also true. Um, yeah, I don't know. At least that's an optimistic note to end the podcast on. Uh, yeah, it's May twenty first. Let's just remember that when we um, look at all this stuff and watch these painful series and. Kind of partly lose our minds, but let's let's hang our hats on the fact that it is only May 21st. Um, Okay, so we'll wrap it up there. Thanks to everyone who listened to this episode, and uh, kudos to everyone who is still alive after this weekend's (laughs) terrible baseball. Um, As always, you can support our podcast everywhere from the link below this episode in our show notes. You can find us on social media. That's TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find us on Bias and Coffee, and you can join our Discord where we have 70-plus listeners joining our podcast and talking about baseball. Um, and as one final note, check out jbirdie.ca for some awesome gear. We'll wrap this episode up, and we'll catch you hopefully a little bit more sane on Thursday night after a series against the Tampa Bay Rays.